Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Bring spring color inside this season with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with bare premium plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the MMQB Gambling Podcast, Week 10 in the NFL. I am one of your hosts, Jimmy Traina, joined, as always, by Gary Gramling and Mitch Goldich. I was 2-3 and three in my best bets last week, under 500. Not great. Gary, how did you do? No, not a great week. I, I went two and two, uh, and I was I, I was I guess perfectly satisfied with that two and two. Uh, and I hate the board this week. I I don't know what else to uh, say about it. Just a yeah. just a tough board. I only have three best bets as of now too myself. Mitch, how did you do last week? I did terribly, as you probably knew when you teed me up with that question. <laughs> uh, thanks for putting it that way. Uh, no, I went one and three. Uh, my worst week of the season. Uh, some of these I was just wrong about. We talked. Uh, the stupid Pittsburgh game. We talked about how we know that every year the Steelers have a game like this where they play down to their competition. And then that was a nail biter. Took the Patriots minus seven. And then that one came down. Uh, they won by a field goal at the end against the stupid Jets. Tough week for me. I'm looking at my season numbers. It's just like, you know, I'm still doing okay. I'm five games over 500, but it's just so deflating to just like slowly work your way up and then see it all come crashing down. Oh, we'll see if we could bounce back this week. Five one o'clock games, six four o'clock games because of the Masters, and we will go through the board right now. We start off with the Eagles giving three and a half points at the Giants. Total here is forty four and a half. Gary, yeah, I'm uh, I'm backing away from this one just because I want to see what the Eagles are going to be coming off the bye week and whether I, I mean I don't know if Carson Wentz just needed like a mental reset at this point. It just doesn't make sense how erratic. And, uh, and just mistake-prone he's been so far this year. Uh, so, you know, they get a little bit healthier. They they get the week off. Uh, I, I have a feeling they're going to come back better, and I do lean Eagles in this game. But, look, Giants defense has played well the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, and uh, on top of that, this is uh, – I, I, I'm never crazy about uh, road favorites in uh, division games. So, uh, for a couple of reasons, I back away from this one, but I'd lean Eagles. Mitch? 
Yeah, well, you know, I am crazy about road favorites uh, much of the time. I will say, I'm surprised, Jimmy, you didn't say anything off the top. We are making our YouTube debut here on the podcast. So now people can see everyone who's been a longtime listener knows I'm an Eagles fan. You can see I'm drinking tea out of my Philly special mug here today. I have all kinds of Philly bias. And as an Eagles fan, I can tell you, beware of the Giants here. Uh, Doug Peterson has won eight straight games against the Giants. His only loss to them was his first game against them. But it doesn't matter how bad the Giants are. They always play the Eagles tough. There was that Thursday night game earlier this season that no one paid attention to because it was during the debate. There was the game last year the Eagles were down 17-3 and they won in overtime. I think that was the game Eli played and that might have been his last start ever. Maybe he played the following week. Um, They had a three-point game the year before that. The year the Eagles went 13-3 and and won the Super Bowl, they beat the Giants by three and by five. So the Eagles are getting healthier. I think we all expect them to win the division. But even as everyone's talking about them, you still have to worry about the Giants. So it's a stay away from me because I don't want to bet against the Eagles here. But, uh, you know, the Giants, they've been pretty competitive in a lot of their losses, as I've said a few times on this podcast here. So I I actually, I kind of lean Giants, even though I think the Eagles will win the game. Uh, You know, getting the hook more than a field goal there is nice if you want to bet the Giants, but definitely a stay away from me. That's a long-winded way to tell you I'm staying away. The Giants are 6-3 and three this year against the spread, but I like the over in this game. I think the Giants are playing a little bit better on offense. I don't have any respect for the Eagles' defense. Uh, I think the Eagles can put points on the board. 44.5 this year is a low total in the NFL. Uh, so I like the over in that game um, with the Giants playing better on offense, a little more, uh, you know, they're a little healthier with Evan Ingram and Shepard, and uh, if they could ever get Golden Tate straightened out. They have weapons on offense, so I like the over in that one. Next game is in Cleveland. The Browns, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Texans. The total here is 49. Mitch. All right, I think you guys probably know where I'm going on this one. I am the last person on earth who still desperately wants to believe in the Texans. And I just, I don't know why. Uh, I picked them straight up to win in our MMQB uh, straight up pick them, which again, running bit on this show that I like to reference. I don't know why. I just assume that because now we're on YouTube, we have this massive new audience. So now when I bring something up, I feel like I have to tell people like, oh, this is a thing that we talk about. I don't know. How, or do people watch? I don't watch podcasts on YouTube. I listen to them at one and a half speed. Anyway, hello, YouTube. Good to see you. Uh, I'm a sucker for the Texans. That's what I'm, I'm now telling our YouTube watchers. Um, we all know their schedule was really brutal. I mean, terrible the, the you know early in the season, especially the first three games, but even after that. Um, but you look up, this is a team that you look up at the end of the year, they're in the mix every year. They've been in the playoffs a bunch. They still have Deshaun Watson. So to me, this could easily be like a situation like the Falcons last year where they get off to a very slow start and then they win some games at the end of the season. I'm not saying that they're going to go to the playoffs, but you know I think the Falcons last year finished seven and nine. And I don't know, Texans, they're going to win some games, get to six or seven wins. The Browns are coming off a bye. Now, one thing, the big story here is that Nick Chubb could be back. We don't know officially if he'll be back. If he is, obviously, I like them a lot more. Um, Cleveland, their offense just looked much better earlier in the season. Um, and Houston, I'm looking, they are uh, 28th in rushing defense DVOA. So, obviously, uh, that would be a big problem. But even if he's back, there's no guarantee that he's going to get a full workload or that he's going to be healthy. Um, you know, he might be shaking the rust off or uh, be on limited carries or something like that. So, you know, sometimes you just have to believe in a team, and I just want to feel like the Texans can win a game here. And they're getting three and a half. That's the other big thing. They don't have to win the game outright. Um, You know, this game, I could see it being a toss-up. I could see the the Browns winning and me looking very stupid, but I could see this coming down to a field goal at the end. And if that's the case, uh, you know, they don't have to win. I'm not saying Texans money line. I'm taking Texans plus three and a half. Gary? No, I, I like the Texans, too. Uh, to be honest, I was hoping this line would be like uh, more like four and a half or five or something like that, and then I'd feel good about uh, best betting Houston here. I do think these are two evenly matched teams. We saw last week, I mean, look, I, I know I had uh, uh, Houston as a best bet going down to Jacksonville, a, a team that they've blown out a couple of times. It was just kind of a reminder. I mean, the Texans are horrible defensively. They're so bad defensively, and, and the Browns, they scheme it up well. If they don't fall behind in games and they can stay with what they want to do, uh, they're usually fine offensively. So for that reason, I, I think that that three and a half number is uh, is pretty good right here. So I'm going to back away from this one. Yeah, this is a stay away from me. I I don't believe in the Texans at all. I think they're really horrible. And 
but you know, Baker was on that COVID list. I, I don't think he had it. I think someone he knew had it and I don't know. It's a, not what you need in the middle of a week. Um, Chubb back though, makes me really want to maybe pick Cleveland because when they have the Chubb hunt tandem going, uh, as they did earlier in the season, they're pretty unstoppable. And like Gary said, against a terrible Texans defense, that could, that could be a big offensive day for the, for the Browns. But I, I hate that hook there on the three and a half. So, um, I would lean Cleveland, but stay away. Next game, the Dolphins giving two and a half points at home to the Chargers. Total here, 48 and a half. Gary. Yeah, I was uh, I was kind of ready to step off the Dolphins bandwagon here. And uh, I, I just, this line is too low to me. Uh, <clears throat> I, I know everyone wants to get on board with the Chargers. They've seen how they've lost games this year. And the fact that they, you know, they, they lost all those, uh, they lost uh, Breeze and Brady on, on last second stuff. And they keep on losing on last second stuff. And that's a... Uh, that's all well and good, but this line is pretty disrespectful for the uh, uh, for, for the Dolphins right here. I uh, midseason tradition. I broke out the spreadsheet. I did the red zone luck spreadsheet. Uh, red zone as I as I preach all the time. It is too small a sample size and too volatile. Uh, not only game to game, but year to year to really look at a team and say, oh, they're great in the red zone. They're going to keep being great in the red zone. It usually uh, is a pretty random indicator here, but obviously it's such a big difference in a game, whether you're getting seven points or three points on a trip or seven points or zero points or uh, whatever it might be. And so if you take away that sort of red zone luck factor, uh, the Dolphins and point differential are actually sixth in the league right now. And the Chargers are still sitting at 18. Uh, DVOA, you have a similar split. I think the Dolphins are at 10 right now in overall DVOA, and the Chargers are down at 19. So I don't – the Chargers have been unlucky. Justin Herbert's really good, and I actually kind of like this matchup uh, as far as the Chargers go if they can get that pass rush going. I think uh, Tua is going to be susceptible to teams that really have a, uh, a true four-man pass rush like the Chargers had. But, again, I, I hate the board this week, but I saw this number, and it's just – it's too low. Dolphins should be getting like four or five points in this game. Mitch? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, it, it's funny, you started saying the uh, everyone wants to get on board with the Chargers, and, and I think that's true every year in August and September. Right now it feels like everyone <laughs> wants to get on board with the Dolphins. I was uh, stunned. Like We did the uh, MMQB Power Rankings poll this week. How I think they were number 10. And it's just like amazing, and you know they're they're awesome. It's a great story. I've been everyone's been impressed with Brian Flores and what he's done, and give him credit. It was a gutsy call going to Tua. Uh, the first game he wasn't great; he didn't have to be, and then he was a lot better in uh, week two against Arizona. Um, but it just feels like everyone's on this Dolphins bandwagon. Um, man, I don't know. I mean, I it's it's the Chargers are a team that make me want to stay away. Um, a lot of times when I, you know, when I see a line that's under a field goal, it's like, I just ignore it. Like if you think a team's going to win, don't worry about a spread with the chargers. It's different because they, they can easily lose a game by one point or two points. Um, in which case they would cover this. They're like the only team in the league. Uh, and I, I guess the Falcons Lions are in there where you look at them and you're like, this is going to be a one point game in either direction, uh, which would, uh, turn up in their favor this week. I don't know. The, it's hard to pick against these dolphins right now. I, I lean that way, but the, the Chargers, like you said, I don't want to say that they're due for some luck, but I mean, they, they seem like they're due for some luck. But I just think they are going to win a few games uh, this season with how well Herbert's playing and the rest of the team. Um, so I, I lean Dolphins, but uh, I think you feel more strongly about it than I do. I'm not going to be best betting this. Every week I say I don't bet Chargers games, and I also get to say every week, and last week shows you why I don't bet Chargers games. So <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. The next game, the Raiders are at home against the Broncos. The Raiders are minus four and a half. The total here is 50. Mitch. Yeah, so the Broncos, they let me down last week. Uh, I best bet them uh, against the Falcons. I think I best bet them against the Falcons. I had them win in that game. Anyway, um, I think I'm going back to the well, uh, though not as a best bet. I, I just... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Something about these Raiders. I'm not ready to buy in fully. I know that they're 5-3, and three, but they just feel like a hard team to make sense of. I, you know, I don't think that they're just going to cruise to be 10-6 and six at the end of the year. Um, you know, we all know that they're 5-3 and three with a negative point differential. They Their three losses are to the Patriots, Bills, and Bucks, and Patriots aren't what we thought, but at the time, we thought they probably were. They beat the Chiefs, which was great. Then they laid an egg the following week. They, to me, just feel like another... They're a team where I just I'm wrong about the, the Raiders every single week. 
Um, Denver's defense, they went through a stretch earlier this year where I thought they were much, they were playing better. They're still top 10 in D by DVOA. And they just, the Broncos strike me as a team. They had all those injuries in the offseason and Von Miller right on the eve of the season and then early in the year. But it feels like they've stabilized a bit, whereas some other teams have had bigger losses during the season. So they just, they strike me as a team that can hang around. And, um, you know, four and a half feels a little bit high for this. It's a division game. And so, you know, I think Denver could win this game. I like them to be competitive. I'm not going to best bet them again, but I will definitely lean Broncos here. Gary? I get a bit of a Raiders lean on this one. Uh, the The funny thing about the Raiders, usually when you see these teams that are like, oh, you know, they're they're two games above five hundred, but you know, they're they're they don't rank very well in DVOA or or some other efficiency stuff. Uh, usually, takeaways turnover differential is uh, is is the difference maker here. Raiders are minus four in turnover differential this year, so uh, I don't necessarily think they're built to take the ball away, but. You know, you catch a couple of bounces here and there. They're no worse off than the Seahawks defense when uh, when it comes to sort of projecting takeaways. Uh, so that might be coming down the stretch. Uh, it also might be coming in a game like this against the Broncos, who are just so... Uh, I mean, Drew Locke hasn't showed up for the first three quarters of the, of the last two games now, and he's brought teams back in the fourth quarter, and there's something to be said for that. But uh, I think I'd rather have the guy who plays all four quarters and is a little more steady. Uh, so for that reason, and, and again, Broncos are banged up in that secondary. I, I, I think John Gruden... Uh, for all the uh, uh, all, all the uh, all, all the gruff we give them, what's uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, gruff for for all of that, <laughs> for, for all of that, uh, the guy can still coach. And if if your team has a clear weakness on defense, I think the Raiders are capable of exploiting it. Uh, for that reason, I I do like the Raiders in this one. I don't think they're necessarily blowing anyone out, but uh, I I have a pretty good Vegas lean here. I like the under in this game a lot. 50 and a half is a big number. You just said it. The, you know, the Broncos really, you know, they they scramble for three quarters and then maybe, you know, late in the game they try to put on some frantic comeback. The The Raider offense not, you know, blowing people out here. They're at home. You know, I could see this, you know, 23-20, 27, uh, 17. I just think 50 and a half is high for – a Broncos offense that's not great, and um, a Raider offense that's been totally inconsistent all year. Uh, I like the under here uh, a lot. The next game on the board for us uh, is in Los Angeles. The Rams, a point and a half favorite at home against the Seahawks. The total 54 and a half. Gary. So I've been preaching against the Seahawks for like a year and a half now, and, and more often than not, it uh, it, it bites me. Uh I mean, look, they are. We're seeing the turnovers start to dry up, and that's why you're seeing a bit of a regression. We're seeing the red zone performance uh, can't carry them. They're not going to be historically, uh, not just historically great, but just blowing the the doors off of every uh, uh, red zone efficiency rate anyone has ever put up. So uh, again, my, if I could go back to this, uh, my 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 trusty red zone uh, luck chart here as far as point differential goes if you take away and this is red zone offense and red zone defense if you factor that out rams are eight right now uh seahawks are down at 15 and if you do believe in red zone performance yes the seahawks have been great this year but the rams have actually been one of the better uh red zone defenses this season and uh if you just go back over the last couple, even back to like Jeff Fisher era, uh, the Rams defense has always given Russell Wilson fits. Uh, quite frankly, it's probably the fact that Aaron Donald plays on that team, but uh, they always contain the Seahawks. Uh, we saw the Rams just, you know, they, they hammered the Seahawks at home last year. In the first meeting on that Thursday night, they would have won that game in Seattle if uh, if Zerline didn't shank a late field goal. So I do like the Rams, but uh, more than the side, I really like the under in this one. Uh, the Seahawks are, as we as, as we know, they're they're horrible defensively. I don't think the Rams, and we've talked about this a little bit on the show. I don't think the Rams are a team that's going to go out there and uh, uh, you know throw it thirty yards downfield and and get all these big plays on the Seahawks defense like we've seen so many other teams do. I think they're going to stick to what they do, which is more of a methodical approach. Uh, and for that reason, I think you see sustained drives from the Rams. I think you see the Seahawks offense maybe held back a little bit, and you get a game that's more in the uh, living more in the twenties than living in the thirties here. Mitch. 
Yeah, I'm glad you went to Gary first uh, because <laughs> it's long established how he feels about the Seahawks, and and I feel the opposite. And I feel like we do this every week where Gary runs through all the reasons uh, <laughs> to believe the Seahawks won't keep it up, and I enjoy just leading in and saying I'm all in on these Seahawks. I you're big. I know. I know. I, I, I just I just want to say, Mitch, I best bet the Seahawks last week for the yeah. first time in forever, and look what they did to me. Just rude. <laughs> Yeah, and now you're falling for the trap because now you're going to jump off and then they're going to win. <laughs> yeah, so here's and I and I like both these teams. I think they're both going to be playoff teams. I've I've really been impressed by the. I mean, I said the Seahawks were going to the Super Bowl before the season started, and the Rams. I've been much more impressed by than I expected to, uh, and I've also said I don't know why I didn't expect this from them. I think they're good on on both sides of the ball. They're well coached. They have talent. I like them. This line to me just feels like an overreaction to one bad game, and this happens all the time where. Sometimes the team just has a bad game. And I understand Gary will look at last week's game against the Bills and say, you know, this is a trend and, and it was building to a game like this. But, you know, we've seen games like the the first one that comes to mind is the Packers just getting uh, blown out against Tampa and even like San Francisco against Miami, even though San Francisco is banged up. But like sometimes this just happens and teams often bounce back and sometimes you just have a bad game. Um and, you know, everyone's remembering the Seahawks last week. The Rams, meanwhile, they're coming off a bye. And the last time we saw them was that ugly game against Miami, which was Tua's debut, and he didn't even play well. And they gave up a defensive touchdown and a special teams touchdown. So that's, the, you know, again, that's not to say the Rams are a bad team and Miami has proven that they're pretty good. Um, but I just look at these two teams. and I think Seattle's better. I think Seattle's going to win the NFC West. And I just think this line, the wrong team is favored here. Um, you know, if this was a pick 'em, I would lean Seahawks. And just seeing them as underdogs by a point and a half just sort of like puts a glaring light on it that says, you know, Mitch, you have to defend the Seahawks' honor and you have to best bet them <laughs> to win this. Uh, and, you know, I think they're the better team. I think they should be favored. I know they're playing on the road, but it's the same time zone and everything. Um, and, you know, I like the Rams. I will best bet the Rams at some point later this season. But this week, give me Seattle. I'm with Mitch. I like the Seahawks myself. I'm not going to jump off because of the loss there. And you know, Russell Wilson threw some horrifically terrible interceptions uh, against Buffalo. But Seattle moved the ball in every single drive they had. Um, you talk about the red zone offense. The Seahawks don't need red zone offense. They score long touchdowns all the time. Their touchdowns are always these long passes or these crazy runs. So. I like the moon Seahawks. Moon balls, I think. Is yeah. that what Chris Collinsworth calls it when Russell <laughs> exactly. Wilson throws them? The moon balls? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that red zone stat there is a little null and void. And, you know, Gary touched on it. The Rams' offense is not built where they're going to keep up with, you know, if the Rams get in the 30s here. I mean, excuse me, if the Seahawks get in the 30s. So I like Seattle um, actually getting a point. You know, I think they win it outright. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline an epic matchup between your two favorite teams and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with american express you breeze through the card member entrance Stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Next game is in New England. The Patriots, off that win against the Jets, Host the Ravens. Baltimore is minus seven. Game is in New England, and the total is 43.5. Mitch. Oh, this is fun. I like the Ravens here. (laughs) We've waited so long for this. The Patriots just aren't very good, and I think they are still getting a bump uh, because they're the Patriots. But, you know, they've lost four in a row. They needed a big comeback win to beat the Jets by three. Um, And I don't know. It's possible I'm feeling a little bit burned uh, just because I I did pick the Patriots to best bet the Jets, and that looks misguided now. But um, I don't know. The Ravens, now the storyline for them all week is about Lamar Jackson saying, like, defenses know what's coming, and they're calling out their signals. I just think they're going to be motivated to put up a ton of points. And sometimes when there's a good team, they can play down to competition, and sometimes a good team is truly motivated to just get out there and, like, you know, make a game a laugher and put a storyline behind them. And I just, you know, I think the Ravens could easily have one of those kinds of games. John Harbaugh probably has a better track record against Bill Belichick than anyone else in the league. Looking, you know, obviously uh, his record, I assume, is below 500 because the Patriots beat everybody, but he's beaten them a bunch in the regular season and in playoff games. Um, I did think Baltimore had a nice bounce back last week. They had that close loss to the Steelers, and then they came and they beat the Colts by two touchdowns. Not that the Colts are anything special, as uh, Jimmy and I have said on this podcast before, but uh, they did shut him out in the last in the second half last week. Everyone always talks about Lamar Jackson since uh, you know since he broke out, and for good reason. But Baltimore's defense is good too. So uh, yeah, only a touchdown. I think the line would be bigger if this was a, a team at the Patriots' talent level that wasn't the Patriots. So I, I do like Baltimore to cover. Gary. No, I really like Baltimore, too, and uh, I'm just going to keep on talking about the red zone probably for uh, not only the rest of the show. I'm going to be talking to my family about the red zone. It's it's all I'm going to talk about uh, for a while here, but uh, the difference for the Ravens the last two weeks uh, – Number one, they, they played two of the top defenses of football, so everyone's saying, what's wrong with the offense? Well, they, they played the Steelers, and they played the Colts, so those are those are two of the top three defenses in football. Uh, on top of that, the difference in those games has been red zone performance. They had turnovers in the red zone in both games. Uh, this was a team that was second in red zone efficiency uh, offensively last year. This year, they're down near the bottom of the league because of those turnovers. Uh, again, if you, uh, if you take my... If you take my time-tested formula of factoring out the red zone luck, uh, the Chiefs are number one in the league right now in point differential. The Ravens are number two, and no one is even close to those teams. So the Ravens are an elite team, uh, and I know you know we need stuff to fill uh, our, our our content hole at MMQB during the week. So that's why uh, we don't do it, but other people do it. They wring their hands over what's wrong with Lamar, what's wrong with the Ravens. Nothing's that wrong with them. They're not at last year's level, but they're not that far off. Uh, they're going to be fine going forward. This is probably a game where the, where they roll it up. Again, the one thing, even beyond the fact that they just were in a, a dogfight with the Jets last week, the Belichick comment about how they just don't have the talent that they usually have this year, that felt like a white flag to me. And I, I just think he has sort of come to terms with the fact that he's not going to be able to prepare for games the way he has in the past, On uh, frankly, on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, I just think this is one where the Ravens are going to outclass the Patriots. So I'm uh, I'm with you, Mitch. Yeah, I mean, I, I lean Ravens. I mean, if the, if if the Patriots have to basically get down to the last play of the game to beat the Jets, I'm not sure what they're going to do against a competent 
more than competent offense here against the Ravens. I don't see how the Patriots can keep up with the Ravens on the scoreboard. I just don't. Um, and you're only laying a touchdown. Um, I should say we did the the Chargers Miami game. I'm seeing tweets about uh, the Dolphins now getting uh, three players, two two on defense, Kyle Van Noy, a couple other players on COVID list. So, um, you know, check that out before you make any wagers with what's going on here in the NFL. Next game. The Vikings are giving three points on the road in Chicago. The total is 43 and a half. Gary. Man, this is uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to figure out whether I want to buy into the Vikings or not. I, I really want to. My heart wants to buy in, but I'm not sure I fully buy in on, on what they've done the last couple of weeks. Uh, this game's look, it, it's going to be ugly. Uh, and that's why I kind of want to back away from this one, because I think this is the type of game where, uh, let's say the Bears get an early turnover that that completely turns this game on its head. Uh, if the Bears can play from ahead for once, they'll be fine. If the Bears can hang around and and you know if it comes down to Nick Foles having to put together one drive in the fourth quarter, this is the kind of game the Bears can win. So uh, I'm backing away from this one. I I, I think like anyone, I, I don't feel good about the Bears and I feel uh, somewhat optimistic about the Vikings. But uh, I, I think this one division rivals. Uh, we've seen what the Bears defense has done to this Vikings offense at Soldier Field in the past. I, I just, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be too ugly to actually project a winner in this one. Mitch? Um, too ugly. I, I was going to make an election <laughs> joke when you said to, to project a winner, and then I decided I'm not going to do that, and then I said it anyway. Um, <laughs> you, you got the worst of both. You didn't make the joke, yeah. and now you're going to have all these people stick to sports, Mitch. Mm. Terrible. No, that's fine. We've uh, we've waded into that territory on this podcast before. I'm I will dip my toe in the water on these Vikings a little bit more than you, Gary. Uh, I want to believe in them. I don't know why, uh, but I, I'm there. But it also says a little bit about these Bears. That's part of the reason you're sort of you're getting a team that is surging against a team that's fading. Dalvin Cook is incredible right now. I mean, just you, Jimmy, you want to talk about a team that can just score on any play? Just give the ball to Dalvin Cook, and he can get in the end zone. And the other big thing that so I think that's what Mike Zimmer wants his offense to look like. And also, I think we've seen for his whole career that Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback when he has a good running game and they can do play action passing and it's not his job to carry the team. He can just, uh, you know, go be a uh, an above average quarterback. I think that just makes his job so much easier to have a guy like Dalvin Cook there. The Bears are fading. They've lost three straight games They're against good teams, the Rams, Saints, Titans, but it's still you know, it's not, sometimes it's not just that you're losing, it's how you're losing. And we all know just the way they look on offense isn't good. Um, you know, the defense is good, but it's, uh, it just, sometimes, sometimes it just feels like a team is going south and the bears are sort of at that point in the season to me. And the Vikings really, they ought to smell an opportunity here. People are looking at their schedule. If they can beat Chicago, then they've got Dallas next week. They could easily get back to five and five. This just feels like a team that really has a lot to play for against a team that's scuffling and I think they can win and cover here. I, I'm probably going to best bet the Vikings unless uh, unless I become a, a chicken. It, the thing about this, it is primetime Kirk Cousins. Is this the Sunday night game or the, this is the Monday night game? Monday, this Monday week. night Monday. game. Yeah. So you're, and I don't want to make too much of a thing, but I know people have historically made a thing. You know, I pick the I best bet the Vikings and then I'm watching Kirk Cousins in primetime wondering uh, how did my life get to this point? Um, but I don't know. It's new Kirk. They won a playoff game last year. I think primetime can, Kirk can win. And uh, I think the Vikings are going to be five and five in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I wanted to pick the Vikings badly, but I, I mean, Mitch hit on it. Um, you know, the Vikings right now are Dalvin Cook, and the one strength the Bears have is run defense. I, I want to pick the Vikings badly because they're only laying a field goal, and the Bears offense makes me want to puke. But you got a home game division, getting points at home. There's a lot there, um, you know, in the Bears' favor. Um, if they can somehow slow down Dalvin Cook. I think it's a game, but you don't know if that's going to happen. He's playing so well right now. It's crazy, but the Bears run defense is pretty solid, so um, I can't go there uh, on that one. All right, we're going to hit the lightning round here. These are games we don't, the three of us don't really have a strong feel for. Shelby, let's hear it. I think this is like the the most that we've had this season. Oh. The sound effects are not really there yet. And uh, we'll (laughs) go through these quickly. We'll, we'll get it in post. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Woo, you hear the that? Packers at, are at home giving 13 to the Jaguars. The total here with the Jaguars somehow is 50, Mitch. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a stay away like you mentioned. I, this one's 
tricky. So the Packers have a little extra rest coming off Thursday night last week, but it's just such a weird situation where they've had guys out uh, on the COVID list who they should have some of them back this week, but who knows about practice time. Uh, Jaguars, again, Minshew's out. They're down to uh, Jake Luton. And I will admit I did not watch the entire Jaguars-Texans game, but I did say he made a couple of nice throws, but the the Jaguars are awful. Um, But... The spread's a little too high for me to pick the Packers to cover by 13. The Jags, uh, you know, the Packers are capable of blowing a team out, but I don't know. As bad as the Jaguars are, they have hung with a couple teams, um, including the last two weeks. It's been a while since they lost by two touchdowns. So, you know, I want to pick the Packers, but I'm, I'm just a little bit afraid to do it given some of the circumstances. Gary? No, I, uh, I backed off of it just because of the, because uh, uh, the size of the line and the Luton factor. Uh, to be honest, I, I think the Packers are going to win this game by twenty. I, I think they're, I think Luton is, is on tape now. I think they'll be ready for him, and uh, Packers win it going away. I'm just too much of a coward to best bet it. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. If anything, I'd go on to here. I don't, I know the Packers defense is not great, but I, I that fifty with the Jack. Although you could really, I mean, this could be a. You know, a 37-17 sort of romp here for the Packers. So, yeah, it's a big stay away. I was actually, I was thinking about the under two, actually, because you're right. Like, you just, you need the Packers to score so many of those points if they're going to get to 50. It's almost like if you like the Packers to cover, take the Packers and the over or the Jags and the under. But, yeah, I'm not Next game. Next game could be a good one. Bucks giving five and a half on the road. Someone jumping off the Bucks bandwagon because of one loss, which is kind of crazy. But they're still five and a half point favorites at Carolina. The total is 50 and a half, Gary. I know, five and a half point road favorite. I, I was ready to jump back on the Bucks bandwagon this week. Uh, I, I don't know what the deal is with the Saints and, and how they match up with them and how they just make Trey Hendrickson look like... Uh, uh, Reggie White every time they face the Saints, but uh, I think the Bucks will bounce back. That number was just too big for me. I, I was hoping they'd be given like maybe three, three and a half in this game uh, in, instead of the five and a half. So I'll back away from this one. Mitch, yeah, I feel the exact same way. You know, I like a. I usually like teams to bounce back, and some of these lines sometimes overreact. Um, like I said about Seattle, I think earlier today. Um, but, man, it's hard. And now uh, Christian McCaffrey's back out. He was back, and he was so good, and now they lose him again. Um, you know, if the spread was, like, seven, I'd be tempted to take the Panthers. But this feels like it is, like, right at the right number. So, you know, I just I just don't like it. Yeah, the, the five and a half is, is, is tough. And, you know, Carolina's in every game. You know, Matt Rule's done a great job there. So it's, it's, I think it's a dangerous line right there. The Lions giving four and a half points at home to Washington. There was no total when I uh, did a little prep work. Let me, even though we are live in the air, try to get you a total. But <laughs> Detroit is four and a half point favorites at home against Washington. Still no total, so we won't discuss that. Mitch. Yeah, I just I'm I'm wrong about the Lions every week. <laughs> I don't I don't like them. I don't like watching them. I don't like talking about them. Uh, I'm low on them, which often seems to prove itself out. But I, I've been burned before. You know, I lean Washington, but I, I, I don't want even want to be involved on either side of this game. <laughs> That's why it's in the lightning round. Gary, I'll just lean against Mitch, so I'll take Detroit. Um, Good answer. <laughs> yeah, I have no feel whatsoever for this game, but all I this is stay away in betting and stay away from watching. That game is going to be one of the more entertaining games of the day. Arizona at home giving two to the Bills, biggest total of the week here at fifty. Six, Gary. Yeah, sorry. I, I'm going to blow up the lightning round just a little bit. I, uh, I, I, I've been watching this Buda Baker injury report. Uh, he, he's missed two days of practice. Vance Joseph is saying he's going to play anyway. We'll, we'll see about that. But uh, if Buda Baker's out, I don't know what answers the Cardinals have defensively because uh, even if you don't have a pass rush, the way you want to attack Josh Allen is you want to do a lot of uh, uh, disguise coverages. Uh, I don't know if they can do that with a bunch of backups playing in, in the secondary. So, yeah, I, I like Buffalo in this one. I'd like him a lot if, uh, if, if Baker is going to miss this game because I just uh, – look, I, I, I don't think they can stop – uh, this Bills offense, unless Josh Allen just has a, a streaky bad day here. And as far as this Cardinals offense goes, I, I've been saying all year, it's just, it is quick strike. They do like one shot play a game and everything else is Kyler scrambles. I don't know if that's sustainable. And it's, it's just, uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be 
easier for the Bills to prepare for at this point in the season now that it's it's just been out there for half a season now. And I, I like the Bills a lot in this one, I guess, is my, uh, uh, is my closing argument. Mitch? Well, I'm going to have the uh, least fun possible take here, which is that I kind of lean to the under. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to watch this game. Yeah. And they're both teams that you look at them and you say, oh, they're going to put up points. This will be fun. But I don't know. So 56 and a half just feels a little bit high. Looking at the Bills' schedule, their games, they've gone over that number four times in nine games, which is actually not as many as I would have thought, given how well Josh Allen has played in stretches and some of the issues we've talked about with their defense just not being as good as it was last season. And the Cardinals, we've talked about this a few times uh, on this podcast, that they just haven't been going over that much. Uh, and they've been hitting unders a lot this season. They Their last two games are the only two times this year they've been over that 56.5 number. This is not a scientific way of doing it, but only <laughs> six out of the 17 games between them have been over that number. Um, it would be much more fun to bet the over and enjoy this uh, game and, and enjoy every touchdown on the board. But um, I don't know. It's it's a close game back and forth. I could see either team winning. And, and for whatever reason, it just, it just feels like the number's a little high, and I do lean under. I disagree with Mitch. I lean over. I, I think it is a close game. I think you're going to get a defensive touchdown in this game. I think going to be turnovers, field position will maybe get you in position. I, I wish I had the guts because it's 56 and a half. It, it's a scary total. Um, but, you know, the Bills defense, if you watch that game last week, you know, great win against the, the Seahawks went up and down the field on every single possession. Bills ended up with some turnovers there. I think, um, you know, Gary, you know, Buda Baker is a big, big loss that could help Buffalo there uh, even more on offense. I don't see many stops in this yeah. game, but the 56 and a half is just so high. So I mean, Buda Baker, Buda Baker is their defense right now. Yeah. He is he is the only Chandler thing Jones keeping out, them which, from being yeah. like an alliance of American football caliber defense yeah. at this point. So I think I think both teams here uh, definitely in the you know, I could see them both in the 30s here, but um I don't know. Maybe I'll pull the trigger on Sunday. We'll see. Uh, the Saints are at home giving nine. Big number coming off that win against Tampa on Sunday night where they destroyed the Bucks. So they're giving nine now to Sam Fran. The total is 49, Mitch. Yeah, this. I'm sure it feels like we're all going to feel the same way about this. You know, I like the Saints. I lean them. I want to take them. Nine just feels a little bit high. Um, feels like a little bit of an overreaction to last week's blowout. They feel a little bit primed for, you know, come down back to earth and the Niners you know they've hung on longer than I thought they would like we talked all season we knew that this stretch of their schedule was coming where if you know they could get out to a hot start and then survive some injuries and then they just had this murderers row week after week for like seven or eight weeks and you know now they're just like they strike me as a desperate team they play the Saints and the Rams uh, on the road two weeks in a row and it's like if they don't win either of those games you know, that might be it for them. They'd be four and seven. So it's like they have, they have a lot to play for. So I like them to be competitive. But at the same time, everything points to the Saints being able to beat the Niners just because they're so banged up. So I'm just I'm staying away. Gary? Yeah, I, I have a slight Niners lean. You can't be too confident in them with all those backups in there. But uh, I mean, look, Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan get, gets things figured out most weeks. And uh, if you think back to last year, they uh they had to play at Baltimore and then at New Orleans back to back weeks. They went down to New Orleans. They started slow and then they just uh, they torched the Saints defense. Came back and won that game. So obviously uh, you know Jimmy Garoppolo was in that game. George Kittle had a big uh, part in it. So uh, for that reason, you kind of back off it. But I think the Forty ers can can hang around in this one. Yeah, I, it's funny. I'm sort of combined the what you two said, and that's how I feel. I I want to lean Niners here because the line is so big, and I think like Mitch said, the Saints maybe do for a little bit of a come down, but because of the Niners injury situation, I don't know how you can really evaluate them enough to sort of make a play because they've, I mean, the team is just decimated. Um, but I, I could see the saints here, you know, maybe a little bit of a, of a comeback here after uh, what they've been doing recently. <clears throat> Last game on the board before we get to our bets bets. I think it's going to be a good one. Also at four o'clock, the Steelers are at home giving a touchdown to the Bengals. And Joe Burrow, the total here is 45 and a half, Gary. Yeah, I, I'm backing off the Steelers for a little bit. Uh, my take on the Steelers right now is, yes, they are something of a fraudulent 8-0 team, but 
Wow. The the uh, I I don't think I'm alone in that take. I think everyone's saying you know this is probably the the you know they're they're a top five team, but they're not the best team in football. They're they're one of the weaker eight and teams we've seen in the history. Of the league. And 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 Steelers fans, you're still eight and so don't uh, don't be upset. If, with if Shelby's me. sound effects were working, we could have the Bill Parcells. You are what your record <laughs> says you are clip, but it's okay. The one thing I'll say about the Steelers, there's clear room for improvement offensively. They don't have that downfield element consistently right now, but you saw it last week in Dallas. They were really close on a couple of deep shots. Uh, you know, one of them uh, just went through Claypool's hands. Another one, there was there's a clear illegal contact penalty that went unflagged. Uh, they, are, I think, there's a good chance that clicks in the second half of the season, and all of a sudden, it's a better team than they were in the first half, even if they drop a game or two. So for that reason, I'm, I'm curious to see how they come out here in the second half. Uh, all that said, I'll, I'll back off of this one. I, I have a feeling the Steelers are going to uh, win it comfortably by double digits, but uh, I'll, I'll stay away from now. Mitch? Yeah, we'll see. Um, this, I mean, the Steelers' defense is so good. Um, and, you know, the biggest issue the Bengals have is protecting Joe Burrow, and oftentimes they ask him to throw the ball 50 times, and you've got to think the Steelers' pass rush is so good they're going to get to him, uh, you know, whether they blitz or not. Um, and he could be in for a very long day. And, uh, you know, if they force a big turnover to, you know, a defensive score like they seem to have all the time, uh, that could be enough. But but the Bengals have been kind of hanging in, and the Steelers haven't been blowing people out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They Of late, they don't have, uh, like, double-digit wins. We talked about them having kind of a letdown uh, squeaking by the Cowboys last week. So, I don't know. Um, it... it uh, originally I looked at this line and I was like, I'm going to take the Steelers. I'm going to talk myself into it. And then I talked myself out of it so much that now I kind of lean Bengals. Um, ben Roethlisberger has had a weird week on the COVID list. Is he, we assume he's, he's back and playing, right? Uh, or maybe that's not even confirmed yet, but he's, I know he's had meetings virtually. So that's just, just an extra thing for so many teams to deal with, with, um, and obviously every team's dealing with that with different players, different positions, but with a quarterback, you would assume it's different, even though a guy like, Roethlisberger, you know, he knows the offense. He's been there forever. You know, maybe a, a veteran's day off is good for him away from the practice field. But, you know, I don't know. Just a lot going on. For me, it's just a stay away. I like the over in this one. I think the Bengals coming off a bye. Their offense is rolling. They've been doing 30 points a game against Tennessee, uh, Cleveland, uh, whoever they played the week before that, I think was another 30-point game for them. They're not winning all these games, but their offense is rolling. And I understand about the Steeler defense, but this could be a little bit of a coming-out party here for Joey Burrow because usually the Bengals are buried at 1 o'clock playing some nondescript team. He's going to have a lot of eyes on him. And you know, for all the attention that uh, Herbert is getting, Burrow is the real deal. And this could be sort of a, a little bit of a statement game here. They're coming off a bye, which I like. And, um, you know, listen, the Steelers, they're going to have a clunker, not necessarily a law. I mean, the clunker almost came. It came last week, really, at Dallas, but um, it could even get worse than that. Uh, You know, one of these weeks, they're going to get picked off. Does it happen this week? I don't know. But I'll tell you, if you get Bengals plus seven and then over 45 and a half, that that could be the way to go uh, from a wagering standpoint. All right. That wraps up the. List of games, we've gone through them all, and now we will run through our best bets. Mitch, kick it off. What do you got? All right, I've got four road teams, as is often the case. Uh, Two underdogs, two favorites. Give me Texans plus three and a half in Cleveland. Uh, Seahawks plus one and a half at the Rams. And then uh, Ravens minus seven in New England, and the Vikings minus three in Chicago. Gary. Uh, the only one I really like is the under 54 and a half in uh, Seattle, Seattle, uh, Seattle, Los Angeles, Seahawks, Rams. Uh, the other ones I'll go with, I will go the double on that. I'll go Rams minus one and a half at home. I'll go head to head with Mitch on that one. Uh, it, we'll see what happens with the with the Kyle Van Noy, Christian Wilkins, COVID situation in Miami. But I will go Miami uh, minus two and a half versus the Chargers. And uh, just because I'm not crazy about that one, I'll uh, I'll throw in the the Ravens minus seven at New England. Spoken like a true degenerate gambler. <laughs> I, I came in with three and I added one in the last minute. Uh, I'm going to go over 44. Spoken like a true uh, degenerate gambler. <laughs> exactly. Touche. I'm going to go over 44 Eagles Giants. I'm going to go under 50 and a half Denver Las Vegas. Going against Gary. Seahawks plus one and a half. And give me the over 45 and a half 
Bengals and Steelers. All right. Good luck to Mitch and Gary. Good luck to anyone listening with the wagers. Have a good week. And watching on YouTube, Jimmy. Yes, and watching on YouTube. We will see you next week right here on the MMQB Gambling Podcast. Good luck with the wagers. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 